Kajal Magazine's culture podcast, hosted by me, Nadia Agrawal, and made in partnership with Erios Network. It's official, or at least it's official for the majority of Americans who believe in the democratic process, but Trump is out and Biden is in, along with Kamala Harris as his VP. I've been thinking a lot about comedy in the age that we live in now. When Trump was elected, a lot of creatives, comedians included, said stuff like, well, at least we'll get great art in this era, at least we'll be putting out our best jokes, making fun of the Trump administration or whatever. And this has largely been decided to be ridiculous statements. It's not like the last four years have really yielded much in terms of great art, but it was generally the sentiment that like the silver lining to a fascist presidency is something entertaining. And I think that a lot of comedy is actually inextricably tied to the era that it lives in. We already know this. We know that comedy is very quick to grow stale. It doesn't really last well into new ages. It's like hard, for example, to watch sitcoms in the 90s that are replete with homophobic and transphobic and fatphobic humor. But What I mean is that I think that certain comedians are definitely tied to certain presidential eras. And this is totally true for South Asian comedians. If you guys will let me hazard a sort of shot-from-the-hip anecdotal research project based on the sort of brief history of comedy that we've seen in this century, I think that we can see clear connections to presidents and the comedy that we see at the time. For example, if we look at the Bush era at the turn of the century, we had folks like Russell Peters doing uh, a lot of accent work, we should say, maybe humor that would be considered crude or even unfunny today, but a lot of stuff that was based around identity, namely the differences between people that live in community with each other namely the differences of different minority groups. Cal Penn was also putting out the Harold and Kumar movies, and a lot of the Harold and Kumar movies were actually in response to the Clinton era in which most of the South Asian comedic representation we had at the time was Apu on The Simpsons. So a lot of the jokes in Harold and Kumar go to White Castle directly refer to this with the whole thank you come again motif and then also later with the Harold and Kumar escape from Guantanamo Bay it's actually a direct response to the growing Islamophobia in the country. I could even say in a very crude and again anecdotal and awful way that 9-11 led to a sort of growing awareness of South Asian people in the country not specifically the nuances of our identities, or even really who we were, but just that we existed here. And a lot of the comedy of the time being put out by South Asian comedians took this into account, I would say. In the Obama era, we got a different flavor of comedy. We had a sort of semi-political complacence, I would say. And Cal Penn also bleeds into the Obama era a little bit because he was actually part of the Obama administration. He was in the White House as a sort of cultural representative and liaison. 
But I think with the Obama era, I think most clearly about Aziz Ansari with his stand-up specials and um, being a recurring character on Parks and Rec. And I think about Hassan Minhaj on The Daily Show and then later with his storytelling special, Homecoming King. And then specifically, I think the high point of his career, which actually came in the later half and more in the Trump era, was his speech at the White House Correspondents' Dinner. We also had Mindy Kaling in The Office and later with her own project, The Mindy Project. And we also had folks like Hari Kondabolu, who was on Totally Biased with W. Kamau Bell, and who was also putting together what would become the documentary The Problem with Apu. The comedy of the time was distinctly flavored by a growing unease with South Asian identity in contrast to Western American identity. There was kind of more of the conversation around, well, we are here, you need to accept us. And I think about this specifically in Parks and Rec, where Aziz Ansari played a character named Tom Haverford, who was very clearly written for a white man, or at the best, a racially ambiguous person in the way that I think white people get to be default. And if they can cast a person of color, then that's great. And this is actually addressed in the show. He, uh, the character of Tom Haverford explains that he changed his name before Obama became president. And if he had known that someone with a name like Barack Obama would uh, rise to the highest office in the land, he might not have done so. There are references in the show as well to him being Indian that come kind of later after I think his character is more lived in. But I think this speaks specifically to, again, um, a post-Bush awareness of the South Asian community. We get this as well with Mindy Kaling and her characters, specifically Kelly Kapoor in The Office, who is an Indian character but has a kind of difficult, complicated, or just sort of apathetic relationship with her Indian identity. And at the time in the Obama era, I think there was a lot of stuff happening on the surface and then a lot of stuff happening where people who were being affected could see it. So there's there's mass surveillance of the Muslim community that was extending into mosques and other community spaces. But on the surface, it seemed like a time of tranquility, peace, a time when you could embrace identity. I mean, the president was a black man of biracial heritage. It was, it at least seemed like a good time to embrace all of those maybe blurry aspects of ourselves and I think we saw that in um and I think we saw that on TV. I think Hari Kanda Bolu and Hassan Minhaj are probably the more political part of the spectrum during this time. Hassan literally operated as a sort of parody political correspondent and he took on roles that allowed him to be very political. Hari Kanda Bolu made his entire brand around politicizing South Asian identity, drawing attention to things like Columbus Day and representation on TV, and specifically the problem with Apu on The Simpsons, it, it was definitely a time to sort of extend out into the South Asian identity as a whole. But of course, all of these people that I mentioned are still Indian. We weren't really seeing the rise of Pakistani American comedians necessarily, or Bangladeshi American comedians, or Sri Lankan American comedians, it was still very focused on India. 
I think that still exists today. There's still a sort of monolithicness or homogeneity when it comes to South Asian identity that still revolves around Indianness. Though I do think in the Obama era, we got a little bit more of a complication with that with two South Indian, darker-skinned comedians like Aziz Ansari and Mindy Kaling. Now in the Trump era, the last four years, the comedy that we were promised probably never came to be, but what we got instead was something a little odder. I think in a lot of ways, and this is again, you know, my feeling, my opinion about this stuff, but I think in a lot of ways what we got was a sort of oddifying, an oddness, an abstractness, a Dadaist attitude towards comedy. Comedy was getting much, much weirder. I think the Obama era gave rise to certain sitcoms, TV shows, types of comedy that really grew stale in the Trump era. It all kind of seemed naive or cheesy or just, you know, just didn't just didn't vibe anymore. The Trump era, we really saw folks like Aparna Nanchurla, who focused her comedy largely on her own anxiety, her own personality. It, it, I think the focus became less about identity as a whole, less of identity as a giant question mark around who are we as a people and more who am I as a person. That's what we got with Aparna Nanchurla's work. And then we also have sort of the rise of internet comedians, comedians that live specifically online. For example, like my previous guest, Rekha Shankar, who really came to public attention with her work on College Humor, which is, of course, a digital sketch site. And she was also in the Between Two Ferns movie, and Between Two Ferns began as a funnier die sketch. We also have folks like Lily Singh, who started in a previous era, I think in the Obama era specifically, her YouTube channel became very popular, but we've seen her get her talk show in this era. You could say that there's a certain democratization of comedy that's happening with various internet platforms that make it easier to reach wider audiences, and these audiences tend to embrace weirder things than they used to. Yes, there's still a place for identity-focused humor, there's still a place for character-based humor, but I think now the appetite has changed substantially. And with things like TikTok, YouTube more largely, Vine before this, it has moved in a much different direction that you could say is sort of a place for comedians to be more themselves, to live in a space where they don't actually have to speak to a certain experience. They can just speak about their own experience or their own observations. And there isn't a need to pay into what a larger audience might think. With streaming, we also get a ton of access to new comedians, and it's become a bit of a cross-country melting pot. So we're seeing folks like Vira Das, Nivedita Praksham, Supriya Joshi in India. We have comedians coming from the UK and Australia. South Asian-ness has changed substantially because now there's an appetite and capacity for even more of a nuanced and varied South Asian experience. I will be interested to see if we get more comedians representing identities that we don't normally encounter or that we don't normally see on our TVs. I would love to see folks from other diasporas, like the Indo-Caribbean diaspora, the Afro-Indian diaspora, take a much stronger role in the creation of South Asian comedy. There's a lot of places we can go from here, but we know that the internet will be crucial to it regardless. 
After the break, I'll be talking to comedy duo Jeremy and Rajat about what it's like to create comedy for the internet. Be right back. I don't want you anymore, but I'm lying. I wish that you were here. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Um, I'm here with comedian duo Jeremy and Rajat. Hello. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Yeah, I, I was hoping that we could start um, our conversation by talking about how you two met and like whether it was love at first sight or if your parents set you up or if it was a blind date, like how did it go? Well, um, it was, uh, it, our parents set us up. We have arranged comedy partnerships. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, uh, yeah my, my parents thought that like Rajat would be a good comedy partner right. for me and so my they, parents uh, like went through a bunch of profiles of different mm -hmm. like like red-haired guys <laughs> yeah. and so yeah sorry we, to profile each <laughs> no, no, it's okay. for this bit <laughs> I was like I was gonna say that like my parents wanted me to like do comedy with like uh an Indian guy <laughs> I yeah. was like I don't I've never like referred to you that way and so I know like, yeah <laughs> sorry um sorry to start this off like that Damn, we like we immediately set us up with like a fun bit and we derailed it we just like yeah we took it in a bad direction well how about i just sort of keep <laughs> lobbing balls at you and then you attempt to deliver and you attempt to get on my level comedy wise and then maybe this conversation will go well that's yeah sounds, yeah that's a good idea. Okay, next question. <laughs> Jeremy and Rajat, or Rajat and Jeremy, make your case, you each have two minutes. Oh, wow. Okay, you can go first. Yeah, I'm actually gonna advocate for Jeremy and Rajat. Yeah. Um, because- and I am gonna uh, also advocate for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're both advocating for Jeremy goes first. Uh, <laughs> Because then my name is at the end, and it's like the cherry on top, sort of, right? It's the yeah. sour taste that's left in your mouth afterwards. <laughs> yeah, it is the very disgusting cherry that you put on top of stuff. I'm trying to think of other, like, duos. There's, like, Tim and Eric, and Tim is definitely, like, the more, more famous. famous one yeah. now, so. There's, actually, yeah, Brendan yeah. and Corey. I guess Brendan is I guess, famous, yeah. like for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, who else? What are some more? Who else? What, wasn't Leo Allen in a duo? Um, like, it was like Leo and somebody. Oh, interesting. Right? I don't know. I, I didn't okay. know about that. But he's okay. clearly the more famous the one because we can't one, remember yeah. the other guy. Yeah. Well, we're hoping to be the, the first one or the second. <laughs> the second name is more famous. <laughs> I'm just kidding. None of your arguments were alphabetical or alphabetizing it. But have you guys ever considered combining your names like for Jeremy, Gerard? Gerard. I like Gerard. I, I like Gerard. Combination. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> or you could say it the Indian way and it could be Jarath. Maybe. That's right? cool. That would be nice. That's a cool name, I think. Just adding some <laughs> like flavor to yeah. it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so I was I was going through um 
your videos to prepare for this interview and I was which is really fun I got to like relive some of my first experiences watching your your stuff on Twitter um and at least for me the most like sticking in your brain part of your comedy is how you're able to speak to a specific online experience or online Twitter culture I think Twitter culture specifically but of course feel free to correct me like um your SNL must not hire Rajat video, which parodied the Shane Gillis thing, um, and your conservative lecture destroys SJW college students. It's kind of like watching any other video that you would scroll past on Twitter, but obviously not. And I was really curious how you came up with this sort of stuff. Yeah, you nailed it. That's like totally kind of what we go for. I think. I think Jeremy and I talk a lot about uh, like we really like. There's a lot of like. 99% of the comedy you see today is like, you go into it knowing it's a comedy thing, but we really like, like kind of off guard and making people think, like feel like it's like a, a real Twitter like video and it turns out to be a comedy video. Um, yeah. I don't really know how it started. Uh, Jeremy? I guess when we made the SNL video, uh it came from a very organic place of uh thinking that original video uh of the two podcasters that were being racist in this like very familiar like white guy podcaster way uh we thought that was like it we we just like wanted to make fun of it and thought that like we could do a good impression of it and uh, so we just like got together and made the video. It was very like spur of the moment. And now our stuff is like a little more planned out, but that was like, I guess the first video that we made together or yeah. I guess we had made a couple, but. Yeah, I think that's the first one we kind of released. Like, well, I don't know actually. Yeah. Yeah. No, we released one before that, but yeah, that was, that felt like very organic and then we like kind of like thought about like why we liked that one and kind mm -hmm. of tried to keep going I think, with that. Yeah. And as far as like having the videos just kind of like pop up on your feed, I think that's what is like funny to us is like not giving it this very clear label of like comedy sketch video. Uh, and I think it's like, it's like it, it gives us, uh, we get a kick out of it when it is just sort of like taking you by surprise and like seems very crazy and you're like dropped into it and you're confused for a minute. That's fun I, to us to confuse people. <laughs> I wonder if it also kind of comes from like the kind of brainworm situation of just being online so much and just sort of totally. being like integrated with this right. bullshit sometimes. Yeah. Um, totally yeah I, I think like yeah being on the internet is like a very disorienting experience and like you're just getting so much stuff that's like really like everything is just like out of context and like especially on twitter you'll just like you'll see crazy shit and then see like videos of like dogs with like boners or something <laughs> and like it's like you yeah, I don't know. It felt fun to like break it up kind of where like, I don't know, I guess like you, if I could like uh, zoom out and like 
uh, try and get to the deconstruct right. what we now, like now to we're do. Talking. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if like part of it is that uh, like when you're on Twitter and you're just scrolling, you become really jaded and like you're you, you almost like everything is so crazy that like you just don't you can't be caught off guard anymore because you just expect crazy shit. So I think maybe it's like the way to like surprise people is like kind of getting harder mm -hmm. so we like it's like set up i don't know you know what i'm yeah. saying yeah, yeah. Which, uh, you take over <laughs> no i i get what you're saying um you did a great job that was a great thank explanation you. thank you i need a lot of validation <laughs> i mean this is definitely the podcast for it <laughs> um I, on the topic of the internet, an ever-present question, is there ever an instance of cyberbullying that is useful, do you think? <laughs> That's a great question. <laughs> um, I think Jeremy and I are pretty pro, like, uh, cyberbullying people. <laughs> well, I think we're if like, it's like... If yeah. it's punching up, then I think, like, who cares? You can bully whoever you want. Right. If they're, like, a public figure, like, yeah, they, they kind of have a and they have a Twitter account. Like, yeah, mm -hmm. you, can, you can do that. Um, As uh, you know, satirists, uh, we always <laughs> like think about uh, like who has the power and right. like who we could um, criticize. That's like right. punching up. There was one time uh, somebody commented on one of my tweets, like something like kind of gross and uh, they had zero followers and I screenshotted zero followers and sent it back and I felt really bad about it and I deleted it. <laughs> you punched down. I was, pun it was like literally like I am punching down. And this person is allowed to say disgusting things to you because they yeah. have no social clout. <laughs> exactly. This yeah. is the hierarchy that you're like buying into now. Yeah. Exactly. But then we traced uh, the account and it was a CEO. <laughs> yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> but it was the CEO of like a really... Of a really cool, comp like a yeah. cool like, socially like progressive company. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> but does the cause that they advocate for is adultery. So we were kind of... Yeah. Like, <laughs> like they're it was pro like, they're pro yeah, yeah, it was like ending the stigma. Wait, no, no, no. I, I need way more context around this. <laughs> Names, places, company, where does he live? What's his IP address? I need all of it. Uh, it's 1.085.996. I don't know if that's what the IP address is. <laughs> no, we were just fucking around. Yeah. That's some of our classic comedy. That's some of our classic shit right there. Well, I feel like now we have to like pivot into true crime and we have to figure out what's going on here because yeah. this, is, this is not in my notes i don't know about you but this was not in my research <laughs> notes incredible incredible i okay so sort of related mostly on the theme of your videos because i think we should move back to that really quick but um it seems that a lot of your videos are about like owning someone or getting owned or pwned if you will explain wow yeah i guess yeah that's it seems true. I don't know. We like, I think Jeremy and I are kind of just naturally drawn to just like strong emotions and strong, like kind of like points of views kind of cut through the entire internet, like in this 
this crazy way. Like, so I think like we like like taking like a strong emotional standpoint and kind of making it like a little askew to like create comedy. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's, I think like it's a very common, uh, it's like a very common uh, framing that like pops up on the internet, like, and it's usually really lame. Yeah. Like, people that totally. like, like, I think just, like, the whole Ben Shapiro, like, ethos is, like, who's owning who and, like, who has logic right. and smartness. Like, people online are obsessed with, like, like, some guy that is, like, can, like, debate really well or, like, people that are really good at logic and are really smart right. uh, and, like, really epic moments. <laughs> like, I think the Shane Gillis one, too, is just very, like it's it's so stupid the way that they're like owning somebody and like there's like they have all of their whole like rabid fan base who will be like wow they like actually owned like this yeah or they, like, they like... this topic really well which is it's always like <laughs> yeah. in a very dumb way they do it there's like the people who have like cults of personality on the internet are just like usually the the lamest people who like think they like think they're geniuses and they're just like epic geniuses yeah. and they're usually not I think that's like generally the vibe that Rajat and I like to yeah poke fun at anyone who thinks they're like really smart and they try to show it it's usually like pretty funny to watch that unfold and I think yeah. we're kind of drawn to that <laughs> yeah yeah I I don't know if you guys were like in high school debate or anything which is obviously like the pinnacle of coolness in high school but I was and um you could win your argument if you could convince the judge that your opponent's argument was an endorsement of Hitler and or communism <laughs> and like that was just like a blanket like okay you win like you can't get past this and it was just like bullshit obviously it's like talking about like shit like eminent domain and how eminent domain is ultimately communistic and like stuff like that which is just like no one cares this does not exist or matter outside of, of this classroom that we're borrowing for the weekend you know like i kind of get that vibe off of of twitter debates and it's like a lot of people who just didn't get the shit kicked out of them in high school for being on the debate team and like if they had we might live in a different world yeah. i will say i read recently that ben shapiro did get the shit kicked out of him oh. Oh, really? Uh, high school, and I think it somehow, like, it made him stronger. Oh. Uh, yeah, and now he, he, like, used, it was like a Batman thing where, like, <laughs> being bullied, and now he, like, wants to be the bully. Now he, now nice. he, like, has, like, kicking superpowers. <laughs> Damn, he got beat up in high school? Yeah, I, like, watched an interview of him, and he was, like, talking about how he got... He owns somebody by talking about how he got the shit kicked out of him. <laughs> yeah. He like dismantles like trans people's rights by talking about how he got the shit beaten out of him. Right. He That'd somehow uses, yeah, if he could somehow like logic his way from like dismissing trans people to like <laughs> getting like bullied either himself, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, that's his Hitler argument. That <laughs> yeah. makes sense to me. Sorry to derail 
Um, <laughs> it's, no, it's yeah. It's bold of you to assume we have a rail. <laughs> I, I, yeah, think, these, I sorry, do think that Twitter debates and stuff are very, like, they're always, they always seem, like, insulated. And like, yeah, they, like, have no ramifications on the real world. Like, there's so much, like, stuff going on in real life, and, like, the debates, like, have no bearing on real life. Right. I think, like, sometimes, like, I feel like you can get, it's, like, justified sometimes if you're, like, a public figure, like, talking about this stuff, because then it's, like, oh, this, like, public figure stands, like, with this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This way, but, like, a lot of it is just, like, random people just kind of, like, talking about shit in the comments, and it's, uh, it's always feels very crazy and necessary a lot of the time yeah. But, yeah and like everyone just like looks so stupid yeah nobody i've never like seen like a comment section and been like wow that guy's really smart but yeah. <laughs> never I, have a, I have a really um important question to ask and uh, i hope that you'll um follow me as i read this tweet from at rajat suresh mm. from it no. reads, this is about to be nasty. I, I know it. It might be nasty. It's going to be 100% nasty. Jeremy's account suspended because he broke the rules by <laughs> the mayor. My son saw those tweets and thought the mayor actually knew Jabuki. How am I going to explain to my son that the mayor does not know Jabuki? Jeremy, <laughs> can you shed light on this event? Um, I, I hereby apologize for upsetting Rajat's son. My son, who is locked in a cage. Um, under my sink. <laughs> wow. Really? Mm -hmm. wow. That's how no, that's how parents raise their children, actually. Oh, I didn't know that. But, but Jeremy, what's the real story as to why your account's been suspended? Because I have to say, it really threw a wrench in my research that I could not watch your videos because you have no Twitter account. Yeah, um, I impersonated the mayor of New York, um, and. I got suspended and that's that's it it was like i did the classic i did the jabuki thing where you like take a big swing and like you use your verification to make it seem you like change your avatar to a public figure and then it seems like it's the legit account of that person and then you tweet crazy stuff and confuse people and then twitter suspends you and Do you feel Oh, sorry. Do you feel like you went out in a blaze of glory? That was like, <laughs> I definitely didn't, <laughs> but <laughs> it's like definitely what the like, it's always the goal is to go out in a blaze of glory and everyone's like, damn, like that was like, Jeremy, like you're a real one. But then like, I'm just like sitting here without my account for a month and I'm like, not doing anything. <laughs> It's like not oh. <laughs> this, this is like the dark side to this, isn't it? The dark side to comedy is you have no Twitter account now. I know. Ugh. And it's a great loss for everyone. Yeah, my heart <laughs> bleeds for you, man. That sucks. Thank you. If I didn't have a Twitter account to like post bullshit on regularly, I don't know how I'd get through a day. Hmm. It's tough. I have to be alone with my thoughts now. You should you should deliver a PSA on this. I think I think more people should um, be aware of this ramification to their fun having. I I'm gonna do that. I hope it reaches the Jabukis of the world. Don't do what I did. 
I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm curious, because uh, you guys are talking about some of the comments that you got on your videos or on your tweets. What's the meanest thing someone has ever said to you under one of your videos? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I think I've got one. I think we've <laughs> talked about one of them. I, the, well, we did, we did Hollywood Handbook one time. Oh, um, yeah. We yeah. did a podcast called Hollywood Handbook, and uh, we, like, checked the Reddit <laughs> afterwards and, like, Everyone was like giving really backhanded compliments or that. Yeah. Like, well, episode like, was oh, that's awesome. nice though. Rajat should be used to that. It's like a brown thing. <laughs> like, yeah, this is cool for a brown person. They were all really targeted at my race. Um. <laughs> you want to hear the meanest thing I've ever been told or gotten as a response to one of my articles? Oh, yeah. Someone called me, um, someone said that I suck white men's dicks. Oh. And I felt nice. like, I just kind of thought that that was like, you know, fact. I didn't realize it was supposed to be a correction <laughs> yeah, or like a, like hate mail. I just, I just thought that, you know, this was MLK's vision for the world. And like, right. I'm just doing my part. Yeah. He had a dream that like his children of different races would suck each other's dicks. And... Right. <laughs> and also I have to believe that this email was copy and pasted to all of my colleagues, male included, because um, it just sort of had that register of like, this is just sort of like a form hate letter that I send to everybody. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. It doesn't feel like there's any like specifics that like have to do with you. It's definitely like a very versatile thing that you could like use for any non-white person. So, or even like if it could be an or insult against like, like white, like yeah. Blue, maybe, yeah. <laughs> just like totally. just like I a mean, bad thing to suck white people's dicks, I guess. I don't know. I, I think yeah. that's like a that's like a, a show of like it's really good writing, you know, it just applies across the board, every situation. Right. Um and I just yeah, I I just wanted to know how you guys deal with online heckling. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh I don't think we deal with it well. Uh, <laughs> well this uh this the one comment that we got on this Reddit thing, like they, we were getting backhanded compliments for most of it. Like people were saying like, Jeremy and Jacques got owned in this episode, but it was a great episode. Like there was a lot of mm -hmm. that. And then like, somebody was just like, this wasn't funny at all. Like Jeremy and Rajat just like did, like, what did he say? He said like, they just like, uh, they just like uh, derailed every single question. That yeah, it was like, they didn't play along. They didn't play along with the boys. Yeah, and like it was like they didn't yes and enough. <laughs> it really yeah. was, yeah, and it like just felt oh. like very similar. Like it wasn't like mean. It was very. It felt like it could have been accurate. Which was, <laughs> so that was just oh. constructive criticism then. Yeah, it, it yeah. could have been just constructive criticism that like cut deep. <laughs> there was one that was like, these guys like, I know that they're like comedians but then like why weren't they like funny i guess like they didn't come from like an improv background right. or something and it's like yeah, yeah it's true improv oh <laughs> I, you're not supposed you, to notice that <laughs> do you do you feel like there's a challenge in being funny all the time as like well-known comedians because like um i remember ages ago i wanted i went out on a date with a comedian and i really expected him to be funny and he said on the date, you know, he's like, I go on a lot of dates and girls always think I'm going to be funny on these dates. And then it's sort of like, show them I'm not. But like, like, does that ever like happen to you that people are like, wow, you're just like not funny in real life? 
Um, I hope not. <laughs> no one's. <laughs> I guess no like, one's no one's your face. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, that you're not funny. You that's probably. Suck. <laughs> yeah, I guess I, I. If I had to guess, that's probably happened behind our back. Probably behind. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Um, well, let's like move on because that sounds really painful. Well, <laughs> to to the to the one redditor's uh, comment, I think he's right that we were like we're not like improv guys, and I don't think we're like. I think we're like funny, but I also yeah. don't think we're I think like. We're funny too. Yeah, but we're not like. <laughs> I think hands. you're funny too. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. But like the stuff that we make, I guess, is like very. We like have a lot of conversations yeah, about it. Yeah, we definitely do not improvise it. So you're like yeah, cerebral like, comedians. Yeah, yeah, we're very like <laughs> about how we edit the stuff too. Yeah. So I guess like, whereas our stuff can be very like precise or something yeah uh, we're, we're not like in conversation we're just kind of like normal we're, we're normal right. I think but, people do uh, think that we like improvise our videos sort of because it feels so like natural and like real sounding which I don't think we, yeah. we don't script it right? no mm. we like, do like improvise it kind of but yeah. we also will, like we like we'll like improvise yeah no, no, no. Yeah. As you can tell by just like the just lack like of why flow we're like in yeah. this conversation right now. <laughs> like, like us talking over each other. This sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I remember we did a interview on Monday or Tuesday and like we started like we I like bailed halfway through every answer I gave. And I think I did. I was too. like, I'm not being like eloquent or funny. So yeah. like, maybe that's your answer. <laughs> oh, this is like, like a really sad interview. I just feel like I have like, an inner look at like how like insecure you guys are. Wow. Yeah, I think we uh, Um I I feel like I don't know. I think Jeremy and I both have fun though. I think we, yeah. we were friends before we were like comedy people. So I think like yeah. I don't know. We we're just, funny with each other. We're funny with each other in like, our own little bubble. Makes me laugh. Jeremy makes me laugh. So. Yeah. <laughs> and you guys yeah. never go to bed angry, right? Yeah, we <laughs> never go to bed. Except for out. except for at like corruption and power. Yes. At yeah. corruption and power we get we go to bed angry with them every night. Yeah. We never go to bed happy. And then we, and we wake up ready to take take them on with our next video. With our satire. With our wow. Yeah. Couples that protest together stay together, I think. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And also, yeah, our videos are protests and action. They're protests, yeah. <laughs> You're just Definitely. as good as real action. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Do you actually, everyone get off the streets and make videos instead. Because <laughs> it's, uh, it is useful. <laughs> yeah, it's useful. Yeah. So as we uh, finish up our, our chat, I was wondering if you guys would be okay with us naming the episode, Jeremy and Rajat Get Owned by Genius Podcast Host. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> Uh, yeah. That's a yes. Okay, great. I would say, oh, no. <laughs> I, here's my, like, if I could just offer to, like, punch it up. To use oh, go ahead, yeah. Could punch it up by saying maybe, like, Jeremy and Rudgeth own podcast hosts. Oh, yeah. That I, is kind of like punching up. Yeah. Could that kind of, like, make the joke pop a little more? Like, maybe yeah, that? Yeah, I just feel like it's yeah. factually incorrect, though. And I feel like okay. if anyone listens, they'd be like, wow, where's your journalistic integrity? That's bullshit. You know, I'm, yeah. 
Jeremy and I like cut a lot of fat and we like make sure everything is like just sort of so maybe you could just so this is a suggestion that we edit it yeah. so you guys sound good is that what you're saying yeah I mean yeah. yeah just sort of to like yeah as like a nod to like our editing skills like, yeah it's a nod to your editing skills we edit the episode to make you guys sound to make us sound good yeah because our videos are edited to make us look good so maybe yeah. You could sort of use that as a model for this episode. Well, I will pass this along to my producer. It's definitely a compelling argument. Where can our listeners find you? Well, not you, Jeremy, because you're dead to the internet, but Raja, oh, yeah. also because um, we don't really let white people on the podcast. And so like, you know, just don't take up space, but like. That's fair. No, no. Yeah. Don't, don't look for me. Look for Rajat. Well, my, you can find me at uh, Instagram backslash Jeremy Lovick. Uh, <laughs> no, um, I'm, you can find me on Twitter, I'm Rajat Suresh, um, at, at Rajat underscore Suresh, and Jeremy, you're still on Instagram, right? You're still, Jeremy I'm did on Instagram. Trump, Trump impression recently on Instagram, that was really funny. Um, I wish Rajat a happy birthday on Instagram. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell everyone Jeremy did a really funny Trump impression. <laughs> <laughs> Just I, lose all your fans. <laughs> <laughs> Since I left Twitter, I've become really like basic and I just do like normal comedy now where I do a Trump impression and I <laughs> talk about Fauci do, and stuff. Yeah, I talk about Fauci and I like do jokes about the Starbucks cup sizes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's up with that? <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's actually pretty interesting. <laughs> it's pretty interesting. Anyway, so um, thanks so much. Uh, when will you be back on Twitter? When's your ban over? They call it tall, but it's actually. <laughs> Are you still on this? Still talking about this? Sorry. Yeah, sorry. She asked about Twitter, dude. Talk. No, it's just interesting. Yeah, just like you know, keep Meanwhile, up. Meanwhile, you get the you get it's the cup, and you're looking at the cup. You go, oh, I guess this is a tall. It's a, what is it? Like yeah, eight right. ounces. Okay, just answer the question. She, she... Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, what was the question? <laughs> I was just asking when you'll be back on, on Twitter. Uh, hopefully soon. I, maybe, maybe soon. That's the answer. But you can find me on Twitter at, eventually at, at Jeremy Levick. Well, this has been so much fun. I feel really funny coming out of this conversation. So thank you for that. Yeah, you're welcome. That's what we a lot like what that's what we do for a lot of people is they yeah. feel like because of how unfunny we are, they feel <laughs> Yeah. Like, you should you should really like market this skill. It's <laughs> Yeah. And you can yeah, like can be... fluff people for like parties and stuff. Like <laughs> yeah, charge like ten thousand dollars a show for a party. <laughs> You can own us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that definitely exists on the, the Craigslist gigs pages. Hell yeah. Definitely. <laughs> All right, dudes. This has been so much fun. Um, definitely check these guys out on Twitter and Instagram. And we'll catch you next time. Thanks for having us on. Thanks. Thank you. The Cardamom Pod is made by Kajal Magazine in partnership with Erios Network. Aziz Adib is our producer with help from Jivika Verma. Our music is by Thasneem from their EP, Just Before the World Ends. Until next time, keep an eye out for evil eyes.
Erios. Powered by ACAST.